Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. Okay, uh, welcome to Verbal Art with Senja Ram and today with Lotta Hordenanen. Um, hi Lotta. Hi. Where are we? <laughs> We're in a ditch. <laughs> yeah. If uh, you'd like to call it that. Yeah, that's um, what you call it. But I would like to know what you mean with that term. Yeah, I actually looked it up on Google because you um, you made me question this term. But um, ditch is a narrow channel dug on the side of a road or field to hold or carry away water. So that's what this thing does, isn't it? It, it is really yeah. what this is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are squeezed in between a highway, uh, and even though there is this like sound isolation with walls made of like rocks and stuff, uh, you can still hear the cars in the background. But what you can hear even louder is this funny little natural fountain. Oh, it's not really natural, I guess. It's mechanic, but there is a little fountain bubble. It's like a spa bath in the middle of the forest here yeah yeah I'm not entirely sure what the thing is I think it somehow transfers water from the like roads and because there are these drains and then pumps it here and then it somehow brings it here yeah so we're in this little uh, branch of forest kind of like it's not really a forest there's open on both sides but we are in this little like stretch of wood like of trees and and this wetland feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It was very sunny earlier today and now it looks like it might become raining, but we will try to be here. I wore a lot of warm clothes. Nice. Yes. Yeah, me too. So, um, and why are we here? <laughs> We're here because um, a year ago, I hang out here quite a lot. Um, I did my bachelor thesis work concerning this place. In this ditch. Or in this ditch, yeah. <laughs> well, in a dark room a little bit as well, but yeah. mostly in this in this ditch. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's why we're here. Lotta and I are in the same class at the, the Fine Arts Academy here in Helsinki. We are in Helsinki, by the way. Is this still Kungula? Probably, or, or Tokola, I'm not entirely sure. It's like a little bit northeast from the center of Helsinki. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of nature all around Helsinki, as I think I've mentioned before in this podcast. There's like basically nature everywhere and hares running down the streets, even in the center. And you don't have to go far out. And so there's like deer walking around. And so it feels like a forest but we also can like see and hear the road here it yeah, is a yeah. ditch but it's cute yeah yeah it's and a really nice <laughs> ditch i would say and it's almost like a small pond almost yeah. like a pond it's yeah. very loud with this uh, uh bubbly water and it's also a little bit weird and ficti fictitious or like i don't know it creates this synthetic version of, of a natural place <laughs> but yeah we're here because when we graduated our uh, bachelors of fine arts um Lotta's final project were these, um, well, analog prints, but 
digitally printed or analog printed? Digitally printed. So analog photography film uh, that then in the end were digitally printed. But what did you do with these rolls of film? Like normal rolls that you put in an old school camera. What, what did you do with this? Yeah, um, so I photographed the film here around the ditch and then I placed the film cassette in the ditch water for five days or well there were lots of film, rows of film and lots of different times in the water but that was the basic idea to oh. photograph the place and then put the film roll into the ditch water so you shot a whole roll of film here photographed all the lovely nature then yeah. you the film was done and you know it's rolled up and then did you put it inside the little plastic cartridge no no so just this film that you would then give to a photo studio to make into photographs for you or do it yourself at school like we do but yeah you didn't do that you put it inside the water here yeah or actually yeah or actually the final pictures that i chose for the exhibition um i shot them on this single use camera oh yeah and the there the film doesn't have a cassette ah so you put the whole camera so i in had the to water. put the whole camera in the water <laughs> so you just dumped it in the water here and yeah. left it for five days five days yeah. and then picked it up again yeah and what happens to the film when you do that because i think most people will think wow that gets super destroyed well it does kind of well you can see some images there as well but um this emulsion on the film it starts to like come apart um, yeah there are these weird colors that come up it yeah it gets partially destroyed but not so destroyed that you cannot still develop it yeah 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 and after that five days I developed the film and scanned it and then printed yeah printed the photos so, yeah, for those who are listening who don't know, like there's something called film cooking and stuff and like there's this whole niche area of analog photography where you fuck up the film, where you like put it into vinegar or it you wash it in the dishwasher or something before yeah. you develop it. Um, so basically you try to create like glitchy reactions with different types of like heat or chemical treatment or water treatments like this for instance yeah mm. and you can print analog films like directly in a dark room like analog printing where you use an enlarger and you do it directly onto color paper and stuff but it's a little bit more complicated so for instance that is when we talked to Cosmo in the very first episode of this podcast series he was working in a color lab at this time at our school we can only do black and white analog printing so what we do is when we have the negatives developed we can develop them normally analog or like what it's called in a machine but it's still analog yeah but then we take the negatives and we scan them with this specific expensive negative scanner and then we have high resolution scans of these analog negatives which we can then digitally edit like turn into positives and then print as photos so even when people say they do analog photography maybe the final print is actually a digital print printed on a digital printer yeah usually or like if you do color color photography then 
there are not so many places, and we'll maybe talk about this, but there are not so many places in Helsinki where you can print color. No, exactly. Color. Yeah. Analog. Yeah. So, how many rolls of films did you experiment with before you were happy? For this project? Five or six, maybe. Yeah. All in this stitch or different material, different techniques? Mostly here. Some of them also like a little bit down down the road over there, but it's the same ditch, like the same <laughs> water <laughs> system, basically. Did you lose any rolls of film or cameras no. in the water? No, no, but some of them did. Um, like they were completely destroyed or there were no images at all. Okay. But they had been there for too long. Mm. And, and then, yeah, it was a bit of a searching for the good time because then magical duration magical yeah 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 because yeah. also I, I wanted to the damage to be visible of course but then yeah not too damaged but not too undamaged then okay so yeah. five days five was days like... was the optimal and the disposable film camera i think it had the like crappiest film yeah so it, it destroyed got destroyed really nicely and it turned into these really Beautiful greenish, bluish, yellowish colors. Which are the ones you selected in the end? Yeah. Can we look at them on your phone? We can look at them. Yeah, sure. I asked Lotta if we could look at the photos on the phone because, of course, bringing these art prints to this like maybe rainy, wet ditch is a little bit. <laughs> okay, here they are. I think it would oh. be just so loud for the people listening to this water, but <coughs> let's see. Yeah. Well, there's actually, these are the ones that I showed at the seminar. Um, yeah, these are the ones that made it to the exhibition, right? Not all of them. No, okay. But this, for example, is not the disposable film. This is, I can't remember, but something better quality. And it turned into this, like, more purple. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so here I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven very psychedelic looking photos you can see that it's nature on most of them well I guess on all of them but some of them are very almost just color splashes or like these crazy shapes which some of the ones you cho chose for the exhibition were very abstract yeah, the last right? three. yeah those are the ones that made it yeah, yeah. okay so these that where the nature has been the most dissolved or taken over by like alien Forms. Yeah, somehow. Well, if now they are, of course, really small on the phone screen, but in the prints, you can see that there is some landscape in it, maybe a little bit of water and the tree. and Yeah. So, why did you choose these three? Mm. Can you describe them for the listeners? Like, actually, just describe what I'm looking at. <laughs> um, it's a good exercise. Oh my god. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know how, how to describe these. There's this very green kind of smoke or, or liquid looking it's very, like, shapes. Very, almost very psychedelic. Almost neon green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shapes in the photo and then you can see a little bit of, of grass and plants and there's a tree and in the final print, you can actually see the 
weird little pond over here, but mm. not from the screen. And this is the surface of the water. Here's some plants, some grass. I feel like I can almost smell the smell of dark room when looking at <laughs> these photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This wet film has a certain kind of smell even. Yeah, the chemicals in the dark room has a yeah. certain kind of smell. And I don't know how to describe it, but people who know, they know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I cannot smell it through the phone screen. It's yeah. just like a, a sensoric connection in my brain. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit about this, like... Uh, um, Goosebumps, are you afraid of the dark thing with this uh, from the 90s where this green oh. slime running down uh, the screen, you know? Yeah, 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 it, yeah. like it or flopper or something. A lot of like green slime in the 90s yeah. Uh, TV yeah, yeah, and yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that, but you're right, yeah, it looks like nice. smoke also. Mm -hmm. But this is a very slimy place, so I think it's, <laughs> it's super nice. Warm, yeah. Um, and yeah, the other pictures here that didn't make it into the exhibition, but which like are still part of the experimental series, they're just very, uh, it looks like you have put some kind of like psychedelic filter on them, like, yeah. like a photo filter where that makes it very red and purple and a little bit burned and yeah, but very beautiful, like psychedelic forest. <laughs> why? Thank you. <laughs> and why did you choose this ditch? <clears throat> like this particular or yeah like this place why, why no why did you choose this place i live very close by um i used to work quite close here mm. so i went past this almost every day um yeah i guess well from my other profession i'm a gardener and i think i have this certain kind of gaze especially when it comes to city space um, and I'm interested in everything living, so I think I kind of search for places that have the most life, <laughs> and like biodiversity and, and that kind of... And when you say you passed by this place, this is not really a place you pass by, it's like tucked almost beneath the highway. It's uh, we, we came here from a tiny little forest path that the bikes almost didn't want to bike on. <laughs> yeah, I used that, that particular path quite often. Oh, okay. So you actually passed there. by here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, I don't know, I randomly stopped by here and saw this weird little pond and it's very yeah, weird it's with very... this bubble bath here. <laughs> it was strange and, and beautiful and yeah. Yeah, somehow quiet in here. And what time of year did you take these photos? Like, it's exactly a year since they were exhibited. But when did yeah. you, like, experiment in this place? July, I think. Okay, so it was, like, high summer, nice weather. Right yeah. now it's September, end of September, but autumn has come early this year. And in Finland we have a really long winter. So it's already, like, half of the leaves are, like, yellow and red now. Half are green, but leaves are falling down and it's... I like grey autumn feeling. It has been cold since the end of August. It was, yeah, yeah. It's a short summer this year. It was, yeah. 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 You can really see that it's the end of the season here. Yeah. I'm wearing my holiday, which is uh, like an overall, like a ski suit, kind of. Um, it's one of the first words I learned in Finnish. Nice. Yeah. Important one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
And how large did you print these in the end? I don't remember the measurements. I don't something like 60 centimeters and 60 to 80 or something like that. Hmm. And then you had three exhibited next to each other as like a series. Yeah. On the white wall in the white cube school gallery where uh, the interview I did with Nat Natalia Eliasson was there. One of the first episodes of this series we were in this space. What? What? By coincidence, there was a lot of water running there because of her sculpture. Yeah? Yeah, also. Uh, so what do you what do you think it does to the images or to this place that you like bring it from here into that space? Like that you bring the pictures that, that had literally like been soaking in this space in this dirty water and then you put them on these super clean white walls. What it what happens in this process? Not everyone who listens to this are part of this like fine arts uh, study uh, process where we mm. are used to consider things like that without thinking about them so much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I w we wanted to show something kind of ordinary. Mm -hmm. um, I already had the method in my mind, like shooting film and then somehow exposing it to the landscape or environment. Mm. Um, exposing the environment to itself, actually. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or to give, give it a chance to be a part of, of how the image looks like. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was interested in the kind of randomness of, of this place and that being in the gallery because mm. it would have been really different if it would have been somehow a place with more I don't know like some really let's say culturally meaningful place or whatever and then this mm. is just the this is just the side of the road yeah, it's not really a place that most people will ever know exists and also it's not visible enough in the images that people really see it. But yeah. in a way, that's funny because putting the film in the water it makes the... Uh, so you capture like this place as an image on the film, but then you obscure it and it kind of dissolves. But in a way, it's like just there even more. Yeah, you have yeah. double of the place caught on film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow, that's nice. Yeah, that's also what I found interesting about it is the. Oh, okay. Never mind that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I was thinking if I should go into this. Yeah. Okay. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very intriguing when people stop themselves, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, like, oh. I don't have a pushy style, so it's okay. It's fine. Uh, but you made the whole series like with this like exhibition and this gallery space in mind, right? Like it was made specifically for this occasion. Yeah. But you have made similar projects before. Yeah, I've worked with film for quite a long time, and I. Of course, I kind of knew what would happen to the images and how uh, how they would look like. 
But I guess you never really know, and that's part of the charm. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, you cannot know but exactly. You, but, yeah. but you know, you, you know, will you get abstract this. shapes and forms and yes. new colors. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, sorry. No worries. No worries. <laughs> yeah, you have. How long have you worked with uh, analog photography? Or photography in general? Five years? Or six? Something yeah. like that, yeah. You were in preparatory art school before coming to an art academy, right? Yeah, I studied in art school more for three years before that. Do you get a degree there? or? How? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Because it's not university, right? No, 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 no. It's um, it counts as secondary. Ah, yeah. But then it's secondary like school, but it's um art focused. Yeah, and it's a private school, so you don't don't have to do these like Finnish or English classes that you would have to do in a. But you do have to regular. pay. Yes, you also have to, to pay study there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 which in Finland you don't normally pay for education, but then something like preparatory art school is a, like a luxury selective thing to do. Yeah. So you have to pay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, not very lot uh, compared to no, any other schools no, that you have no. to pay for, but yeah. Sure, but still, we don't pay for the art university here. No. Yeah. Is there anything more you want to say about the ditch? Oh, maybe, yeah, one thing I forgot to ask was, how did you choose what to shoot of the landscape? I mean, because when I look around here, it's just like a very random selection of trees <laughs> and plants. And so, like, how did you choose what landscape photos to take initially before dumping the film in the water? Like, was it super random what you shot? Or did you have, a, like, a specific eye with you? <laughs> um... I think I shot pretty randomly and I also somehow the disposable camera gave me this freedom to take crappy photos. <laughs> I love disposable cameras. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. um, I mean, they rarely turn out good. They're, they're horrible. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I like that. that yeah. They're, yeah, it made me, there was not so much pressure on to get like good photos or good, good looking compositions or whatever. I mean, probably wouldn't have seen them anyways at the end because they get so dissolved. But mm. but yeah, I don't know, I shot random things. And then what was left of the film or the images was pretty random as well because some of them got destroyed completely and some of them were... You could see more of them actual image yeah yeah so i had a pretty random selection to choose from but i guess also a large part of the project was just spending time with this place right yeah yeah sure somehow yeah or i guess you have spent quite some hours here even even if it seems like yeah then i just like shot some pictures and dubbed the film but still it's like yeah, you spend yeah, yeah. time in a... yeah i think it takes like two hours to shoot one roll of film it's mm. I mean, you could do it in five minutes, of course, but... Or two years. Yeah, or I two years. I have some <laughs> films that are still in cameras, not done yet in two yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if you have this mission that I will yeah. go now to the ditch and photograph this one roll of film... It, yeah. Hmm. That's nice. And now this space is also caught on sound. 
Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has pretty nice sounds. Yeah, a lot of sound. It's, I think it will be quite loud for the listeners. Um, yeah. But also, for the first time, we will try to bring verbal art on the road. Not really on the road. But we are going to move to a second location. So we are going to press stop on the recording and then press start again after we have moved because we're going to go to a community garden where Lotta is part of one lot. Yeah. Is it called a garden lot? Yeah, I guess. Like, a, like a parking lot, but a garden lot. <laughs> garden lot. Mm. Or allotment. Allotment. Allotment gardens. A, yeah. I think that's more correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to end in the ditch and then uh, bike a little bit. Not so far. Like it was mm. one... One kilometer. Yeah, maybe one kilometer from here. And hope that the weather holds and then we will have like two soundscapes instead of one in this one episode, which is really cool. But also because it's a little bit moisty to sit on the ground here. I've been squatting, but my, my knees are getting sore. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for the first time ever, we will have like a, well, we will have a break. You won't listen to the break. <laughs> we will have two chapters of the same episode. I make the rules. It's my podcast. Nice. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, there's a cat. Oh, there is a cat. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah okay. We're back. So we were biking in between. You guys don't know who are listening because I will edit this together. But we were biking and we got coffee in a kiosk. And now, where are we now, Lotta? <laughs> We are in a garden now, or garden allotment. Yeah, like a community garden thing. Yeah. Uh, What does that mean? It it means this piece of land is owned by Helsinki City and they rent this out for private people (laughs) to garden and to grow your own food. Yeah. And how many gardens are here, would you reckon? I don't know, actually. Like a rough estimate. 60. This is number 72, so. But. Or. <laughs> so more than 60. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it starts from the. I don't know, it's a little bit confusing. Because uh, there are these. It's divided into different sections so I don't know if it's like 30 and 30 and 30 ah, or, yeah in this way or yeah but altogether I think it's over 150 in this one place and they exist several places in Helsinki and in Finland right like this style. yeah 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 but this is all part of the Kumpula allotments they're ah, like yeah. under the same name ah okay yeah yeah is it only for people who live in this area or is it for anyone? It's for anyone, yeah. How do people get a garden here? Like, how do you find it or you rent it? apply it from Hyötykasviyhdistus. <laughs> Which, what, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, um, it's an organization for, like, home gardeners. And they kind of control this these gardens and they so they are part of the like city uh, administration or they just like it's facilitate they facilitate this okay this yeah so they're a private organization who then facilitate the rental from the city yes okay exactly and 
how large is your garden here? We're sitting in your garden on these little, um, of, what are these, like foldable, foldable chairs? chairs? This is, yeah. I was about to say flap chairs, but I don't <laughs> think that is a word. Well, <laughs> foldable chairs on a little like pallet. Um, how large is your garden? It's five times 10 meters. And are all the gardens the same size? Yeah, I think so. How many people are you sharing with? This particular mm -hmm. garden. I think we are six or seven people. Do you know right each now? other? Yeah, we yeah. know each other. So we are all from the school. So you all rented it together? Yeah, or actually printmaking department um, from the Fine Arts Academy is renting this. And this is now the fifth year already. Ah, so it's just different students from the printmaking department who are part of this that is like rented by the school or by the department. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. So it is a school project in a way. That's nice. Yeah. You're not in printmaking anymore, but you I still, am not. <laughs> you still get to be in the garden? <laughs> I hope so. Let's see. Well, you're the gardener, so. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what they say next year. <laughs> I think it should be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you growing here? Mm, vegetables mostly. We have potatoes, beetroots, carrots, um, kale. Yes, some beautiful kale. Like <laughs> some palm kale and uh, red kale and green kale. Yeah. Yeah, and it's looking like little beautiful palm trees. And yeah. the hares and rabbits have eaten all your carrots and beetroots. Yeah, I think most of the carrots and all of the beetroots, it seems. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's life. <laughs> Has that happened to a lot of the uh, crops here during the last few years? Not that much, no. I think we've always had the like the hares. They move around here, but they haven't done so much damage. But I don't know now. This year, our all of our vegetables have been super good and somehow oh, successful. <laughs> so I think now they. Yeah. Also, the hares really like them. You've been growing too well. Yeah. How long have you been part of this garden? Four years. Oh, in all the time we have been in the school. Yeah. Wow. And you're growing pumpkins or squash? Yeah, that's um, that's a pumpkin actually, but it's um, <laughs> it will not make it this no, year. As you can see, the pumpkins, <laughs> actual pumpkins, are <laughs> so how really tiny. The, do you focus on like things that will that is like one year crops here or or is it things that are good surviving year by year most of them are only for one year so like annual crops but we also have raspberries and what is that in english black currant mm, and some flowers and some flowers but most of them are annual as well and then there's this that is Artisokka, so <laughs> Jerusalem artichoke. Yeah, I think it's yeah. weirdly named. Maybe. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, but that's uh, yeah. Perennial. Oh, does that have so beautiful flowers? I it have does never not. seen it grow. Like okay, so this Jerusalem artichoke, Jorskaga in Danish, um, plant is like what three meters tall or more, mm, with the like, yellow flowers. It's very beautiful. Yeah, it is. Okay, it's huge. Hmm. And um, as you can hear, it's more quiet here. We're in this nice little between some tall trees and some beautiful old wooden houses that there used to be more wooden houses in Helsinki, but a lot of them have burned through the years. 
but there's still some left they're very popular to live in and so there are some right here it's yeah it's a nice little area yeah um and yeah so maybe someone is listening and thinking this is a verbal art podcast what are we doing in a community garden but since it's rented by the art school printmaking department and run by art students and Lotta is an artist and a gardener um, I thought it was nice to include it and also because well like we talked about while we were biking about this whole talking about all these fancy concepts of stuff and like um, theorizing a lot of this art stuff and how maybe you didn't want to do that in this <laughs> talk and it's okay it's super fine it has been mentioned like or hinted at in a lot of episodes and i have talked a bit about it before this whole um talking about things in this like, very fine language this fine arts language um mm. which makes sense because everyone working within a certain industry or business they they have like a shared language so it makes sense but it's also just like I like using beautiful words, but I also understand that it's like a little bit silly. So like now I will do the opposite to and <laughs> and explain this garden with fancy art terms. I guess we could call this relational aesthetics. Yes. Oy, nice. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah. So relational aesthetics is a term in like modern art and it basically just means like interactive art in the way that the piece is not created unless like the audience is somehow <laughs> viewing it or participating in it mm. so a painting is not relational aesthetics unless like it's an interactive painting or that the audience helps paint it but it exists on its own you can put it in the attic and it's like it still exists as art relational aesthetics like uh, only come to be in the meeting with the audience like they have to relate to it for the piece to exist which can mean many different things but a community garden could be considered relational aesthetics because everyone who comes here and takes part in the place are part of like creating this organic installation or sculptural garden somehow exactly yeah yes yeah this is um <laughs> it's been a social project <laughs> yeah and still is yeah yeah, and I think it's actually that is a really good point that um, it's also just interesting to talk about different ways of social projects or collaboration or group work. Yeah. Not just always to talk about art collaborations and stuff, but like some of these people you have been running this garden with are people that you also have been working with artistically, right? Yeah, sure. So how is it different to share this project compared to like some kind of like art project well i don't actually even see that that it's that different for me working in the garden or working in the dark room it's not i don't know in in my life it's all part of the same the same thing somehow of course i also work a lot with like living things and living creatures and like or plants or or I don't know ecosystems or whatever um, so I don't find it that different um, but working in a garden together with some, someone is 
it's super nice and really I don't know it's a lovely way of working together this kind of because there is also this materiality to it that we mm. touch the soil and we I don't know we sweat here together and yeah it's actual hard work right yeah 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 and we share the same surface or like the yeah okay now I'm going into this art discourse no but it's, uh, uh, it's soil fine. as it's a an... surface you know <laughs> it's soil as a surface yeah but it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean <laughs> but it's literally a medium like a growing medium so yeah, it's exactly yeah. How do you decide what to put in the soil here? Like, do you have a group meeting uh, in the early spring and decide what yeah. to plant? Okay. Yeah, we plan everything together and a little bit based on what seeds we have. Did we gather something from last year or does someone have already something and what people want to grow? Where do you get the seeds from? Some of them we collect from here, um, but most of them we buy hmm. from wherever. And then how do you divide like the maintenance and the tasks of the garden and the year? Um, well, mostly we work together, like we, I don't know, once a week or something, we Have gather garden, here. Garden days. Yeah. Oh, and then nice. those show up who can, and then we mm. do do the stuff. Um, then we have this watering responsibility weeks mm. for the summer when it's really hot and dry. And it's important to water almost every day. So you book a one week at a time where you are responsible of the watering. Yeah, in um, Finland, in the high summer, we have like, what, 15 hours of sunshine or something a day or so, yeah. yeah, or more or even. More. more probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like 20 hours of daylight, more or less, uh, even down here in Helsinki when it's like really the lightest. So it's a lot of sun in the middle of the summer if the weather yeah. is nice. Yeah, and a couple of last years we have these crazy hot summers where it hasn't rained like at all. Mm. Like this summer was was exactly like that. I think it was it, intense but short. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how the summer is in Finland. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, you say like whatever you do, garden or art or work with the materials of the nature is a little bit the same. I know from knowing you for a few years that also you you use your knowledge of the natural environment but also maybe you're liking to it in your art a lot. Like one of the very first projects I remember you um, presenting in school was maybe part of your application projects that you had uh, you had made like cyanotype prints or photography of, of snow or ice oh yeah yeah that's from 2018 yeah I exposed um, cyanotypes on on this different types of fabric mm. part of them were silk and part of them <laughs> were some I don't know random random pieces of fabric um, yeah I exposed this melting ice in Suomenlinna for two weeks and it also turn, turns into these kind of <laughs> psychedelic um, shapes. Can you explain what cyanotype is? Because people don't know. Yeah, it's um, cyanotype is a really old photography printing method where you have these light sensitive chemicals that you mix together and then it creates this blue 
blue image. Yeah, you end up with a blue image that is kind of like just like a silhouette image. Um, you can have like tonalities and stuff, but basically it's like a shadow print or um, so it's not like a photo photograph. You just you put it, you smear this chemical on a paper or fabric or something, and then you place objects or things on top of this material and then you put light on it you leave it outside in the sunlight or you use a uv lamp or something and then like um yeah this light and shadow like thing creates an image yeah it's one of the first methods of photography from when like i don't know 1800s or something yeah early 1800s right yeah yeah so a lot of like old uh, her herba herbariums are they called yeah. that yeah like books with plants and stuff have been made like this right yeah yeah you can also expose a negative in a dark room onto it like this and like yeah then you print the negative as like this um plastic sheet in very contrasty black and white and then use a uv lamp so you can print actual photos on the cyanotype paper but you took big pieces of white fabric mm -hmm. and brought it outside in the winter yeah or it was early spring yeah <laughs> so there was still lots of snow um yeah i studied in art school ma back then which is located in suomenlinna which is an island in front of helsinki um yeah i worked there with the ice and snow for <laughs> for two weeks and during that time the or when I started, the ocean was still completely frozen. Mm. And then during that two weeks, it melted down completely. Wow. So that was kind of the time period that I exposed. And then like... So it's like a really long-term photograph. <laughs> you left it there for two weeks? Um, not all of them. There were different times of... Okay, but some of them were left exposure. for two weeks. With ice that you literally just put on top of the fabric so it wouldn't blow away. And then the ice became like the image. Yeah but melting more and more away so like abstract yeah but of course yeah. you need sunlight so in the winter there's no light so it needs a really long exposure time yeah well it was early spring there was already quite a lot of light and of course the snow and ice it reflects it and mm. so it was quite bright yeah but then the chemical it reacts to water so then it partially when the ice is melting it starts to like develop already and then oh, yeah. it creates these shapes yeah nice so it's a lot about um capturing nature in a way yeah like using photography as this very um tactile medium almost or like a very like sensoric medium where you like somehow like physically capture nature yeah. onto photographic medium in different ways instead of just photographing a space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's why I decided to mention this project because I thought it was a nice com uh, comparison to what we just talked about yeah, before. Yeah, sure, definitely. And um, yeah, you are also a gardener. You yeah. are actually taking two educations at the same time right now, right? Yeah, I study gardening at the moment in as a, well. In a gardening school? Yeah. So you have two full-time educations going on? Yeah, pretty much. It's a lot, no? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, 
Yeah, but they also... I don't know, they're not so different. <laughs> no? In many ways. Like in terms of working, I think they kind of sustain each other. Yeah, I remember when you told me about the gardening school and how you had to like... Like feel the leaves of the plants and think about what it meant to you and like now I can't remember it was so poetic and so sensorial what you <laughs> talked about and I just did not imagine that gardening school was like yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. It was. Um, we have to learn lots of plant names um, by heart at gardening school and like recognizing plant plants and then we have these classes where we just look at plants and we talk about them and, and we touch them and, and feel them because um, of course that's how you learn the, how it looks and how it feels and, and you learn the name and I was thinking that this is just like art school we just walked around the school and like touched all the leaves of, of trees and like really looked at them for a long time and it was and it was super nice Yeah, it's similar to like sensoric performance exercises yeah, yeah, that exactly. I have done in art school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've also done these exercises where you have to like sit by a tree and really mm, feel how do you connect to it and <laughs> just be in this moment together now with this tree. And like, yeah, I mean, I love that stuff, but <laughs> it is pretty funny. The art school is a lot about like fine tuning, like just like sensing the world a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, and gardening is as well, because yeah. you have to really look at look at what's happening and like. Yeah, because plants yeah. are living beings and they can't tell you what's happening, so you have to somehow um, communicate with them in another way or like listen to them with more than just your ears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. So is that why the garden has been doing so good lately? Because you are, like. Um, becoming a better gardener <laughs> gardening school um yeah i think also we are more and more organized within the group um people have become more active i think they are more excited about this now hmm. yeah the other people who are part of this garden or in general the people who choose to be part of this garden through the years do they also work with like organic Yeah. matter or subjects or like uh, living things like it's is there a resemblance in their art praxis to like to your interest fields going this way yeah some of them but not everybody hmm. I mean we've had lots of different people but yeah I guess for those people who stick around for <laughs> for more than a year or two it's there is of course these themes also come up in their work mm. yeah do you any of you make art projects in this garden like has it also facilitated that or is it like separate yeah we made one project um with Ida mm. we had a small exhibition in a basement of my house wow were you there no no you were not there oh, okay. why was I not there that sounds really nice oh it was um <laughs> We made it really fast. I think we decided a week earlier that let's have a small exhibition. And there we had some works, or at least my works were all done here. Um, was it yeah, it also? was mostly photography. Then lots of things that we had gathered from here, like dried flowers or something. Mm. 
then I had these photographic um, photo papers that had been under the soil for a while and that also made kind of... Ah, so similar to putting them in the ditch in the water, yeah. but you're just digging them down into the soil? Yeah. For how long? can't remember, maybe a day. Only a day? Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, not that super long. So they don't really get to compost? No. <laughs> no. Also, I don't know, the paper contains silver, so... Ah, it was I the paper, think, uh, it was not the film. No, the film also contains silver, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it would be nice for the soil and the vegetables to... That is probably true. ...have too much um, silver in the vegetable beds, but... Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, then we also made a tiny zine with Ida. Was it last autumn? Yeah, with some photographs that we have been taking here. Hmm. Like it was this very <laughs> relaxed project, not too not too ambitious and just I think those projects are really important. Like the Im impulsive spontaneous exhibition planning like let's just show something yeah, yeah. and like um like pop-up projects i think yeah, yeah. is a very important just gathering some material that you already have and like putting in some yeah. kind of shape or just this like now i feel like doing this so i do it immediately because that's what my urge is like telling me to do i think so much of this industry is based on this weird financial structure of grant applications and project plans that stretch like years ahead of time and you have to almost know how the exhibition is going to look before you even are told if there is a budget to work with before yeah. you start and to me it's very counterintuitive to work in that way like if I mentally have to like finish a project before I can even begin it I'm halfway almost done with it because I mentally have already worked through it yeah I much rather would just like feel like doing something and then reach out and do it. Yeah, 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 definitely. So I think it's um, it's good to have these little like unambitious things happening on the side to kind of keep that energy alive in yourself. Yeah, yeah, and this garden is it's mostly about free time and like spending time together and and outdoors, outdoors and doing nice things, being out in the sun. Yeah, you know and cooking some nice things from the things that we have grown do you eat everything ourselves? together or do you harvest and get to take it home individually both okay but you've been having like communal dinners with the food you have grown together well once this year but we Buy we it. have okay. lots of plans always to have a big <laughs> harvest party but then usually yeah. by the end of the season we're so tired that <laughs> our students are very busy yeah <laughs> yeah but we had really nice dinner some weeks ago mm. Yeah, I mean, even though it's not sunny today, it's still nice to be outdoors. This is only the second episode of this podcast series that I have been doing outdoors. Yeah. And now a crow has visited <laughs> us. That's nice. Yeah. Tommy I, and uh, his friend, Toivo. Uh, Toivo. Yeah. Um, that was also outdoors or nice. in this little shed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, everything has been indoors. Yeah. Yeah. So is that part of why you want to be a gardener? That it's like outdoor work? Yeah, or like why? Yeah, why a, are you studying in in two different educations? Can I ask that? Like, why <laughs> is it that you are doing two things at the same time? <laughs> yeah, um, I think I'm chaotic that way. That I cannot cannot focus on one thing or one school at a time. Um, you get bored. 
yeah, or I get this feeling that, okay, hmm, gardening would be nice, but gotta do it now. <laughs> and then I find myself in two schools. Yeah, yeah, uh, but gardening... Well, I really love the work. I love to be outside and do, like, physical things. Um, it relaxes my brain. <laughs> How long is the education as a gardener? That's two years. Okay, and, like, the art education we're doing is five and a half. Yeah. Um, so... The gardening thing was an idea you got after we already started in art school? Oh yeah, I'm, I've been working on gardening jobs for eight years or something. So it's always like, well, it's been a part of my life for a really long time. You grew up in the countryside? Yeah. So you are used to working with plants and uh, yeah. crops and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I already was in gardening school for one year when I was... 19 years old, but then I got into art school, so I went there and ditched the gardening school. Oh, so um, you're actually just picking up and finishing something? Yeah, there. kind of. Well, this is a little bit different. Well, I specialize now in like organic food production mm. and like f farming or market gardening, or what you like to call it. Um, like commercial? gardening or I don't know that sounds weird <laughs> yeah like growing food and, yeah. and selling it yeah, so, <laughs> That's, okay, um, yes. yeah. Mm. but yeah market gardening is the term for it it's okay a, yeah mm, and um, well I know what your future dreams are for all this can I, <laughs> can I ask about it on the podcast yes, yes. sure I love to talk about yes that's wonderful <laughs> Because uh, all of these ends, they lose ends, they come together, or all of these different pieces of the puzzle. What is it you want to do with your life, Lata? You told me a year ago, I have realized what I want to do with my life. And I was like, wow, that's really impressive. But yeah, it's the same dream now a year later, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I want to have a farm. Um, I want to become a farmer and grow food for people and to live with that, hopefully. And how does the art find its place into this life? Well, I wish to continue working, of course, like doing my own practice. But then I dream of running artist residency or something like that. Hmm. Some kind of community thing in my future farm. <laughs> Can you explain to the listeners what an artist residency is? I don't remember if I talked about it on this podcast before. Artist residency is basically you give space you or you invite artists to work in a certain space for a certain amount of time. Yeah, like you give like out studios, like temporary studios, like a work hotel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but maybe less feeling yeah. like a hotel. But yeah, yeah, so artists can go and they can temporarily work somewhere. So you give they they have a place to live and a place to work maybe or something. It can be many different things. Preferably they're not paid. Sometimes you have to pay rent, but yeah. preferably they're not paid. Like if it's really good, you actually get like money to be there. So you have money to work with, but it might be specialized yeah. that it's like offering a specific space or location or community or specific work facilities, maybe talks or exhibitions or like networking is implemented as part of the program. 
it can be for shorter or longer durations like it's many things but it's basically just like mm, uh, artists spending time somewhere else where they get to work <laughs> yeah so you would like to have a farm that can offer a room and board for <coughs> artists to be in the farm working yeah sure <laughs> do you want them to also do farming work <laughs> no they can do whatever they want okay that's nice. I will come. <laughs> That's my 10-year plan. You're welcome. Your 10-year uh, plan? Yeah, okay. I will invite you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, but why do you want to be a farmer and grow food for people? Like, what is it that uh, makes this important? Mm. Well, there are political interests there, of course. Um, I want to do something that does not <laughs> damage um, the world. And I... I don't know, just the... Uh, you want to do organic farming? Yeah. Um, I don't know, build a life for myself and for others, of course. Like, that does not... That is not based on something so horrible. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. It's okay. It's like it don't have to like be able to argue for why you want to do something. I think no, it's no, no. interesting because it's, um... it's such a concrete yeah. plan compared to like all these art studies and like what is it we are studying towards this kind of weird industry we're educating ourselves within and then like yeah. wanting to be a farmer and grow food is so concrete. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very concrete. Um... Yeah, and sometimes I feel this art studying is really focused on your individual practice and it can get pretty lonely. There's a weird focus on it, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, I want to do something that feeds someone else as well as just me or it's meaningful to others as well. You don't think art is meaningful to others? Well, yeah, of course it is. But sometimes you... Or I don't know, quite often I feel that we make it for each other, like for within ourselves. the school <laughs> or like your friends. Um, yeah, which is, yeah, it's fine in a way, but Some, yeah. Someone asked me recently why I make this podcast, like uh, I was questioned, like, who is it for? Like, why are you recording it? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but who? Why do you make it? I was like, well, because like it's it's interesting and like yeah, but you're gonna re you're recording it and you're gonna publish it. So like, why? Who is it for? And I was like, well, I don't know. I guess for me and the people I interview and like and for the audience, I guess I, I hope that someone wants to consume yeah. it. But it's yeah. Um, yeah. What is the audience? That's the question. Or who are they? But it's interesting because like with art, with culture and and food, like we all consume it, right? So it's something yeah. that we share. It's something that is like consumed individually but also often collectively there are a lot mm. of like um, similarities yeah in this way or like I like to think about the concept of like collective consumption yeah what does it mean uh yeah I don't know my mind wandered for a moment and I for a little bit lost the thread um but I, yeah, think I also had something to say about the <laughs> farming, but I started to stare at the crows who are it's changing from a tree to tree. And, I mean, it's yeah. also been a very uh, loose episode, this one, because often we have like um, a specific work or exhibition or something that we uh, 
But I'm starting to like loosen up on the rules of this <laughs> podcast. In the beginning, I was very strict about what it was supposed to be and meant. But I get bored with doing the same thing. And also, yeah. I know with myself that I can be a little ritualistic with my concepts. And it's quite healthy for me to like soften them <laughs> up sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, this was a little bit like less focused, a little bit all around. <laughs> and also, there was no specific time frame frame that I just asked Lotta some time ago do you want to talk about art and plants on my podcast and Lotta said yes let's talk about plants mm. um, but now like as the autumn came early then the season is really ending for outdoor activities without being too cold or wet like it was mm. now or never it felt like yeah yeah but I don't know do you have more things you want to say like I um I have something about the farming. Ah. <laughs> I lost it. Yeah, it's always like that. I never yeah. write down questions, so always the next day I remember all these things I wanted to ask about. But yeah. then you can't do everything in one podcast episode. I, yeah. I don't know. It was something about like imagining this good life inside this fossil fuel capitalism <laughs> that eats us alive or something like this. <laughs> Creating a... Utopia in my future farm, something like this. Wow, <laughs> there's a lot of big terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mentioned a little bit about this, like uh, non-toxic or non-damaging uh, methods and stuff, like and putting photo paper in the soil not for too long. What what happens when you put these film cartridges in the water in the ditch? Like, do they actually like give up chemicals that are not so good? Yeah, probably. Probably. Like a little bit. It's probably not so good. No, it's it's not something that you could continue doing for like years. <laughs> it's not a... Yeah. I mean, it's Don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very small quantities. And here yeah. in this like roadside ditch, it's probably not like the cleanest water anyway. But yeah, it's probably not the worst thing that ends up in there. No. But it's also not... It's, it's not, not good. It's not great. Yeah. But photography in general is a little bit like... It, like analog photography has just a lot of chemicals and a lot of the there's a reason why in the dark room that we have to collect a lot of the used chemicals in in containers to dispose of in like chemical waste uh, yeah. points because you can't put it in the drain yeah and also film itself it contains gelatin which is made out of animals yeah well that is kind of organic in a way yeah like, it is you know, organic, it's not chemical it contains yeah, yeah, like yeah. silver and all of these other chemicals in the process of yeah. getting stuff to stick on the paper yeah yeah sure but i don't know i somehow like it that it's it's very it is what it is you kind of it's not hidden inside some plastic camera you have batteries or whatever and they are also really toxic and they've Mm -hmm. mm. Been yeah. and all the electronics inside your electronics, camera has like yeah, yeah, yeah. created like bad eco uh, ecological disasters in the other end of the world. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's somehow, yeah, you can feel it in your hands. <laughs> you have to wear gloves. You know it's yeah, toxic. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's there. It's yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good point. Um, it's honest materiality of it. It's very <laughs> hands-on. Hmm? Yeah, like the gardening. Yes, hands-on work 
And now, well, not so hands-on podcast since we are just talking, but mm, thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hope, it was hope not... some of it made sense. Sure. I mean, I'm also a little bit unfocused today, <clears throat> but um, yeah, I think also being outside is a little bit challenging in a way. There's so many things to look at and there's a lot of sound happening. Yeah. And, yeah. Now someone is drilling something. But it's still very peaceful here. And I I mean, it was nice to be outside. It's Saturday. It's okay to be a little unfocused. It's good to spend time in, in the, almost in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would thank- you have wanted to do some gardening? No, that was not the plan. Like, <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you think we were going to garden? No. No. No, I had not thought, like, I honestly didn't even know if your garden would still be alive this late in the season. No. Um, I just wanted to see it. (laughs) Um, And talk a little bit about these, like, gardens. We have some in Copenhagen as well, for instance, I guess in many other places in, I know, in Berlin also. It's a big city thing. Big, Big city people want to grow their own food somewhere. I think especially during the last few years of covid lockdown it became very popular yeah people did. wanted like outdoor spaces where it was allowed to do something collectively yeah and they had time to go <laughs> and do stuff outdoors uh, sure yeah well thank you for listening um Lada, do you have any uh, website or instagram or something where people can look at your stuff something you want to share it's okay if you don't but <laughs> I don't. You don't have anything? <laughs> well, I do have Instagram, but it's private and I okay. don't really share. No, that's fine. There. Yeah. I don't have really anything at all. Yeah. Though, like about this project of making a website for the past six years, but I. Uh, but you have actually <laughs> been working on it or you have just been thinking no, about no, it? No, no, I've just been thinking of it. Yeah. I have also been thinking about it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Such a boring thing to have to get around to. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Maybe we should have a workshop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. That is a good good future plan. Well, I never know how to end these, so... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it.